My name is Kristen Kirkland and I'm participating in the Africatown USA um, NEH program in order to help us to engage the content and my reflection today on this first day of the of this workshop is that um, after teaching this for so many years, I've been an educator for 15 years, and I've taught various parts of this story um, that entire time. And after visiting numerous um, really wonderful museums like the, uh, the United States, uh, the National Civil Rights Museum that currently is uh, at the uh, Lorraine Motel in Memphis, which does the best representation that I've seen to date of an in-person um, showing what people inside of the slave ships would be like. Um, one of the things that I'm struck with today is, and a, it's a fresh realization from that I, I got also from reading the books for this class is that the um, knowing, of course, that these cultures that they came from in Africa were so rich and so beautiful, um, but a fresh realization of how that was taken from them and the conditions in which they're forced into and that they're taken away from their family members. They're taken away from everything they know. But how you go from, I guess I can conceptualize and visualize in a different way, freshly from looking at the, the artwork and how they're just all of this is taken from them in such a they're they're plunged into such a a just a, a completely a world in which this beautiful culture has been stripped from them is is real as re, I've realized this anew today um, in a, in a way that the being taken also to like the age at which Kosola was ta Kosola was taken from his family, he's so young, you know, to be taken from that at an older age is is horrible. But that he missed out on all of those years of those vital years of even more transmission of 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 family histories in addition to the missing out on the interactions with those people is astounding. Um, I absolutely love Dr. Natalie Robertson's uh, discussions about her work and her research that was absolutely brilliant. And the video too about the Mobile County Training School and the, the glimpses into more modern day life for what Africatown is. I was so, um, I, I'm not surprised that they had such a, a feeling of pride in, in that community because that came through in the books as well. But it was 
this satisfaction and pride in having to have been part of this incredible story of uh, this incredibly tight-knit community was really beautiful to see. Um, and the, the story of the Freedom Bell was um, amazing. And that they put it at this school, of course, I want to tell this story to my students because education is freedom. Um, they recognize the importance of that, you know, and I think um, that that's something that understanding that they have access to so much education through so many different channels and how they can use that to free themselves, um, to, it's, they can use that to, to better themselves in their lives, no matter how that, that may be, um, I think is an important story to tell. Um, Also, too, uh, when uh, the very first video was talking about the, uh, the bridge destroying the community, how that fit, with, fit within the larger narrative of um, outsourcing and the larger narrative of how flight to the suburbs changed cities and how that affected them and connecting the history that often seems so far away to something that is much more present and immediate to our lives was an incredible thing as well um, with this, uh, this particular workshop. My name is Kristen Kirkland and I am from Macon, Mississippi, which is in central Mississippi and my impression from the first day of the workshop is that the thing that struck me um, the most is how there's so much to be learned from the descendants in particular about their communities and how people who have faced extraordinarily difficult circumstances um, throughout history have overcome them. The pride that these descendants and members of this community talked about um, the opportunities that they had about how it was this full community that they didn't have to go outside of for anything was amazing to see. The amount of pride that they had in their community, I really don't think that there are a lot of people, period, that have that amount of pride, period, anymore um, in, the, uh, in their communities as a collective, maybe individually, but that collective pride is astonishing. Um, when the first video talked about how the bridge destroyed the community and how that connected with the broader story of uh, flight from cities and the destruction of communities economically, um, it connected the far distant past as well, I thought, with more recent past. And I, that's something that I think I would really like to replicate this year with my students um, in my classroom. Um, connecting things that seem like, well, that was 100 years ago, that was 150 years ago but it's still very so much present 
in our lives today as like this invisible force that we don't often, we're not often cognizant of. Um, and this is something that uh, I think that an opportunity for students to be able to see and to learn from a, a like a whole project on Africatown and as a way to immerse them in this very difficult history to teach that they have been taught, they have been taught pieces of this, but to humanize these people, I think it's a really incredible opportunity to to humanize people that survived the Middle Passage and their descendants that come after them. Like what happened to them in America? What is that rich heritage and history that they gave up um, in the founding of uh, of this nation? As uh, Doctor Hassan Kwame said in the Teaching Hard History video, how the fingerprints were in the bricks, literally, um, that surrounded the, the library of James Madison, where he, he conceived of, where he thought of the Bill of Rights, is so incredibly ironic in such a difficult way. You know, to how do you explain this to children? The inconsistencies, the the things that is so perfectly easy for us to see in many instances in a society in which hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, how do you see um, at that point in time? Well, their prejudices, their biases, these discussions are not easy even with older students. Um, so immersing them in this, this, this history and getting them to engage in it, I think is very important. Um, learning is nothing if it's not personal. Learning is nothing if it's not engaging not only the knowledge of students, it's not enough to know something, but there's almost, I have seen in my own classroom in Mississippi, it's not almost, there definitely there is in many instances, there, there exists this simultaneous side-by-side historical double-think where they learn and they can spit at you facts about what the Middle Passage was and slavery and what happened to people, but understanding the humanity of it, of what that would have looked like, what that would have felt like. If you traveled alongside that, they can't wrap their minds around it. Part of that is their age. And it's uh, an ability to put themselves in other people's perspectives is difficult many times. But the being able to tell you about it, but yet not willing or able to accept because of the culture of the state in which we live, not, be, not willing to accept the humanity and the horrible nature and just how wrong it was. I think that this is an important point of reckoning, perhaps, and I'm really interested in developing a project which is going to help my students to engage their empathy and to hopefully help them to engage the empathy of others while at the same time to help them to 
build skills which they can go forward and that they can use in several different contexts in their life. Um, so I think that I'm going to help my students to learn to develop their own uh, podcast, their own video, um, to use multiple learning styles, the photographs that are available, the testimonies of people who lived through this, so few as there are of people who can tell the story of what that journey was like, um, is an incredibly important one to tell. And the story of, of Africatown and the descendants is a unique opportunity to humanize and put a face on these people that were brought against their will in a time when it should not have still been happening. Um, much less that uh, political forces looked the other way. Um, they, they, didn't, they, they did more than just look the other way. They conjoned this, that they, they, with a nod and a wink, they allowed and encouraged it because the mayors knew that there would be no consequences as indeed there weren't. Um, even to this day, the, the, the picture of Mayor Park in the modules was striking to me. Um, I was unaware of his existence and being named after him, but not surprised in our own state of Mississippi. Um, we have the Ross Barnett Reservoir named after one of the the most segregationist governors, that's saying something, in, uh, in the history like Mississippi. Um, in in our, our state and so few places named after the rich history of the people that fought to defend the rights that gave truth, that gave life to the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. So many of them were from here in the state of Mississippi. Medgar Evers and Fanny Lou Hamer. There are so many people that that gave their lives, um, and that their names were not even considered important um, to be written down. Unfortunately, for history, we we need to give life to these stories so that people don't forget, so that we don't continue to overlook history that is so important and has such an impact on um, things that still happen. Day three's reflection, the power of process. I love how each day we're processing and unpacking how to help students process really difficult history in ways that can help them and hopefully not add further to their own burden of what they come into the classroom with. The process of personalizing, humanizing the humanities, of helping them to work through what this was really like as much as we can that this happened to real people, that we don't get overwhelmed and lost in the numbers, that we understand that this is something that happened to a very large group of people, but that they were as real as we are now, with that we don't want their stories 
to get lost, um, to learn the, the lessons, um, and to understand more, hopefully, of how this informs current day issues in the United States. I just keep coming back to how I think for U.S. history and what I teach in particular, that this is a, an opportunity to follow a line and a theme and see America change through the lens of this community and to help these students to understand that it's all connected, that it doesn't happen in isolation and how things that seem like it was so very long ago just really isn't that long ago, that it's really has this huge impact on the lives that we live and how our communities are reflections and shadows of the things that happened in the past. And so an excellent question I'll really want them to, to answer also too is like, so with that being said, how are we going to make the future better for others? What is it that we're going to do today that is going to have hopefully positive positive impact on tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, because I want them to see how, I want them to, I always want my students to feel like they have agency. I want them to feel like they're in control of their own destiny, that they can, yes, you are, you are affected, but also too, that you have, some choice into how tomorrow looks through your actions today. Um, and maybe that action is, is single and by yourself, or maybe it's through community action as well as in the way that the community residents of Africatown, the way that they come together to help make their lives better, especially with regards to the environmental activism that is happening um, to make it a more healthy place to be, to a, a healthier place to live. Day four, practicing skills acquisition. So I think that what I have determined with regards to my lesson plan is that I'm going to give a shot um, with helping my students to navigate their own research project, introducing them to the story of the Clotilda, having those important discussions about, you know, this is difficult, check-in, concerns, um, some of it prepping them for, okay, this is not always going to be easy to talk about if we're doing this in a way that is doing justice to the story if it's 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 showing the real truth of how it is and making this a semester-long project for my students in the entirety of the class that from the beginning of the story of the Clotilda and the uh, slave trade their lives in Africa before to over time what happens to the Africatown community and to research re really key pivotal events in U.S. history such as the need for environmental justice, um, what is happening in cities in terms of blight, what is happening in cities in terms of 
communities changing, gentrification, um, how original residents can get pushed out, the, the, the positives and the negatives of that, the, all of the different aspects of having them think through the critical aspects of how do we help current communities as well, bringing it all the way forward. And I really want to be able to bring people into the classroom like Mr. Darren to talk with them about um, community building. I want these students to be engaged in their own communities. I want them to find reasons to go out and to try to make their communities better through voting yes voting is so incredibly important and can't be underestimated but um voting will necess will naturally come as well through being actively engaged because if you're actively engaged you can't ignore things um and and turn the other way much less turn the other way to not vote um so i think that this is an important way as well to help them to see that communities need leaders, that we, we have to step up and be those leaders in the future, and that that is so incredibly important for future generations.